Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. Today, we bask in the light of mustachioed greatness. Hi, this is Daniel Segura, host of the Mustachioed Podcastio. You like mustaches? You like movies? You like sexy chicanos? Well, the Podcastio is the place for you. We are talking legendary mustaches from Charles Bronson to the Great Bird Reynolds to the OG Ice-T. Find the Mustachioed Podcastio anywhere you listen to podcasts. That is M-O-U-S-T-A-S-H-I-O-D Podcastio. Top of the day, everyone. I'm Nisha. And I'm Buddha Badass. And we're the host of Hot Garbage True Crime Edition. Do you guys like true crime? I really don't. I feel like you force me on this show every freaking time I come here. Do you guys enjoy listening to victims and murderers and protest stuff? People that are sick in the freaking head. That's who likes it. That's who likes it. Well, if you like that kind of stuff, then you should totally check us out. I mean, every single Thursday, we drop the most hottest cases, and we have fun while doing it. Uh, you, you drop the most hottest cases? You drop murder and death. Kill. Death. How many people can actually say that they have fun while listening to a true crime podcast? And I feel like that's what we do here. So you're just not going to listen to me now? I'm just going to say this and you're not going to listen to me? And you know what? Our listeners are not just our listeners, but they're our friends and our trash pandas. We the, love you guys. They're a lot, and I will agree to that part, but I'm still just mad at you for just not talking to me. They're paying you this well to say all this. So check out Hot Garbage on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Check us out every single Thursday a new episode drops. I officially hate this commercial. Awesome, real. Alrighty, Mom, what story do you have for us today? Well, I am going to be telling you about a cool story I had never heard of before. Um, it is called the Great Emu War, as in mm. the emus, Weird. as in the birds. So, yes, it is bizarre and interesting and, you know, fun stuff like that. What are you going to be telling us about? So I'm going to be talking about the Boston Marathon bombings. Oh, that's... Not a, not a great story. So if you nope. guys don't want to listen to that, might want to skip probably 15 minutes ahead, 20 minutes ahead. Yeah. Eeks. Yeah. So to go with the story, I have the Smurf Bomb drink, which I feel bad now that I picked that as my drink. But too late. Eh, the name goes with it, so I get it. Yeah. And so this drink is a bomb drink, given the name, where you drop a shot glass full of one thing into a bigger glass. And so 
in a shot glass, do a half ounce of vodka and a half ounce of cranberry juice. And in a regular size cup, do uh, three quarters of an ounce of blue curacao and three ounces of lemon lime soda. And then you take your shot glass and drop it into the glass, which I'm kind of nervous about. Okay. If it breaks the glass, then my computer's getting flooded. So. Oh, <laughs> you know, maybe I'll hold it. Yeah, maybe hold it over the side. Okay, go for it. Oh, did it make a mess? Okay. Yeah. Good thing okay. I got a little microfiber here. So you sent me the ingredients. Right. I didn't pay attention uh -huh. to the fact that the name was a bomb and didn't pay attention to how bombs work. So I just made mine as a mixed drink cocktail. I mean, and I now mine is mixed the same thing together. as yours. So. <laughs> right. So it is very pretty. It's a nice dark blue with the cranberry and the blue curacao together. Um, I love the color. It's super cute. Yeah, mine is all the cranberry and vodka. I can see it settled on the bottom. It didn't properly mix mm. in well, but it's yeah. all right. It looks cool. It's light it blue does on look the cool. top and then like red on the bottom. It's sweet, though. Yes. That blue, blue curacao isn't my favorite, but. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm it's not sure it's a gross tasting. Clear curacao. Like it's just blue. It might have a different flavor. I'm not sure. But it uh, it it doesn't really taste like anything. Yeah, not think. really. Nah. Just like sugar. Yeah, I can take it or leave it. So. Yeah, let me get into this fucked up story. Yeah. Tell us the bad stuff. So on almost every Patriots Day in the city of Boston, uh, a marathon is organized called the Boston Marathon, with the first being held in 1897. And they've had pretty much almost annually, give or take a few years, that they had to call it off for whatever mm. reason. Okay. Um, marathon is about a 26-mile race that takes place on foot. Mm. In 2013, tragedy struck the Boston Marathon. At around 8.50 a.m. on April 15, 2013, the mobility-impaired runners start the race off. The women's heat was second to leave at 9.17 a.m. Then the men's heat followed 15 minutes after. The contestants ran their hearts out, however, six hours after the first heat, an explosion rang out. Oh. Twelve seconds later, another explosion rang out. Two pressure cooker bombs, which consisted of gunpowder, nails, ball bearings, and a remote electric starter stuffed into a pressure cooker, were placed on either side of the finish line. Mm. As a result of the explosion, 281 people were injured due to the shrapnel and pressure caused by the explosion. 
Since a marathon is a strenuous exercise, Boston had some EMT on scene just in case anyone had like a heart attack or tripped and broken arm or anything. They had some EMS on the scene. Also because there was just so many people there, like it's just a good idea to have some people that nearby, but the EMT rushed to help as many people as they could, but chaos just completely covered the streets. And sadly, they were unable to help three unlucky people. Backup was called. The police uh, closed off a 15-block radius around the marathon and diverted runners to Boston Square. Injured people were rushed to the hospital where 17 people had to go amputations due to the explosions. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. 18 different departments slash agencies responded to this incident, including surrounding police departments, the U.S. Marshals, uh, just like Raylan from... Yay. Yeah. Justified. Raylan was there. Yeah. Right. So ATF, FBI, CIA, DEA, and like all the sur- surrounding medical facilities offered their EMT to help, like... Yeah, it was just a big shit show, and everyone kind of came together to help. That's nice. And it was initially believed by some that North Korea was behind the attack after escalating Hmm. tensions and threats with the U.S. United States government officials stated that there had been no intelligence reports suggesting such an attack. Representative Peter King, a member of the House Intelligence Committee, said, I received two top-secret top secret briefings last week on the current threat levels in the United States, and there was no evidence of this at all. Evidence found near the blast site included bits of metal, nails, ball bearings, uh, black nylon pieces from a backpack, and the remains of an electric electronic circuit board and wiring. A pressure cooker lid was found on the nearby rooftop of where it was placed. So that's to show you like the pressure that I had. It launched all the way up in the sky. Wow. Uh, Authorities confirmed that the brothers used the bomb making instructions found in uh, an Al Qaeda magazine. So yeah, that's fucking weird. Not good. An amputee named Jeff Bauman, who was right next to the bomb, was able to describe the suspects to police. He was one of the 17 that needed to be. Uh, he had both of his legs amputated. Oh. Yeah. Luckily, though, he was able to describe the suspects to police. And three days later, FBI released some CCTV footage of the suspects. That's good. Almost six hours after their photos were released, uh, an MIT campus police officer was sitting in his car when Tamerlan Tsnarev uh, and his brother, sorry, okay, to be fair, readers, this guy has two vowels in his name, Jokar, D-Z-H-O-K-H-A-R. Big nope, brother and I little brother. I wouldn't even have a clue. Yeah. Yeah, big brother and little brother. So they both approach they both approached officer Sean Collier and shot him six times <gasps> in an effort to steal his service weapon. But Ooh. they couldn't get out of the holster because it had a retention holster. 
So there's a certain way, like oh. police guns, you have to yeah. grab the gun a certain way to get it out, and they couldn't figure out how to yeah. do that. So they just shot him and left him there. Okay. Um, I understand wanting, you know, a weapon if you're on the run for doing bad stuff. But if you had a gun to shoot a cop with, why are you shooting him to try and steal his gun? Because you have a gun. I'll see. I'll see. Uh, okay. Maybe you'll explain to me why, because that seems dumb. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they couldn't get out the gun out of his holster, and they ended up fleeing mm-hmm. the scene immediately after. Sean later passed at the hospital, though. Right after this shooting, the brother, uh, the the big brother, carjacked Danny Meng and took him hostage in his own car. Oof. The brothers had planned on bombing Times Square next and stopped at a gas station to fuel up for their road trip. Danny, the person who was kidnapped, used this stop to escape and run to a nearby business and called 911. Good for him. A day after the FBI released their photos, the brothers were spotted by the police. In So after stealing the car, they had one person in the stolen car and one person in the car that was uh, wanted by the police. So they're mm-hmm. each driving different cars. One was following the other. Gotcha. Cop car uh, carrying two officers tailed both cars until uh, further backup could arrive. But before they could, uh, the brothers stopped and Tamerlan stepped out and began firing at the officers. No. Yeah. The officers fired back and 300 rounds, one pressure cooker bomb, and three grenades later, the brothers ran out of ammo. Wow. Tamerlan threw his pistol at an officer who was approaching (laughs) The officer tackled him, and the brother in the the car that was wanted by police started the Mm -hmm. car back up. Because only one brother got out and started shooting. Okay. Because they only had one gun. Okay. I get it. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you for explaining that part. Tamerlan threw their gun at the cop that was tackling him. And the cop started to put him in handcuffs. Yeah, it's pretty funny. The cop started putting him in handcuffs, but the brother who was following him that didn't have the gun Mm -hmm. tried. He thought it was a cop giving CPR to another cop. So he tried to run them both over and ended up running his brother over. Oh. Ooh. Yes. Oh, and kinda... the eldest brother, Tamarin, died from this. Oh. It wasn't just like, oh, I got your legs. He actually like yeah. ran him over and killed him. Ran his ass over, yeah. I don't. Yeah. The younger brother oh, okay. fled the car uh half a mile down the road and escaped for a few hours. So out of the 300 rounds expended, only 56 were fired from the brothers because oh. all okay. the cops used different caliber pistols mm-hmm. than the ones that they had. 
So there were all these rounds and only 56 of them matched the brother's gun. So that's probably why they were trying to steal that cop's gun so that they could both have a pistol. Yeah. Okay. So after the younger brother fled the car, a nearby resident noted someone, uh, a nearby resident noticed someone laying in his boat and called the police. He could see, because he had a tarp over his boat, and he could see someone get okay. into the tarp, and then uh-huh. they were, like, poking around Hide. and stuff inside the tarp. Okay. Yeah. So the, he called the cops, and they came to search the boat, and a second gunfight escalated. Okay, but... Yeah. Which... Ha- they didn't the, have a gun. Good question to ask. Yeah, good question to ask. So... According to Boston Police Commissioner uh, Ed Davis and Watertown Police Chief uh, Desvu, the younger brother was shooting at the police from inside the boat, exchanging fire for an hour. Subsequent report indicated that the firing lasted for a shorter time, but despite this, the brother was found with no weapon when he was captured. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So they just spent an hour shooting pistols at this boat in some guy's driveway. Okay. I'd be Um, pissed if that were my boat. Just saying. So he was arrested at 8.42 p.m. and taken to the Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, where he is listed in critical condition with gunshot wounds to the head, neck, legs, and hand. So they laid his ass up in there. Yep. He was questioned for 16 hours by investigators, but stopped communicating with them on the night of April 22nd after Judge Moraine Bowler read him his Miranda warnings, which was a big issue. So he was questioned prior to Miranda? Mm -hmm. Okay. We've had Miranda for decades. Long time. Decades. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he was sentenced to death on June 24th after apologizing to the victim. So it didn't really stop them from arresting him and uh, charging him. But on July 30th, 2022, uh, his death sentence was reversed by the United States Court of Appeals in the First Circuit. Uh, they found during jury, during jury section, the district court did not properly screen per, uh, prospective jurors on how much they had heard of the case. So mm. they that's how they were able to reverse the death sentence. Gotcha. But on March 4th, 2022, Supreme Court reversed that reversal and oh. decided to reinstate his death penalty. So right okay. now he's sitting on death row. Death row. All right. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. I didn't know all those details. I didn't know the details of like the chase and stuff. Like, yeah, and that they just kept doing stuff. I don't. I was also young <laughs> when that happened, so it's, I didn't pay too much yeah. attention to it. But it's super weird. Gosh, that's crazy. Crazy, crazy. What's your story, Mom? Well, we're going to Australia for this story. 
Australia is often described as a wild place full of wild creatures and wild tales. You you hear all sorts of stuff about Australia. Uh, this story, Mm -hmm. this story definitely fits the bill pun intended. Just wait. So military forces from Australia participate, participated in many battles during the First World War. In honor of their service, a large number of Australian veterans were given land in Western Australia. So they said, you, you were in the military and you helped us, so we're going to give you some land and you can go be farmers. The intent was for them to begin farming the land, but the land was often fairly inhospitable to farming efforts. So... It wasn't the best of land, apparently. I don't know why, but by the end of the 1920s, the Great Depression had hit worldwide and farmers were encouraged to grow more wheat. They were promised to be subsidized by the government, but the subsidies kept falling through. So they said, if you plant wheat, we're going to help you out financially. And then they kind of didn't do that. Um, By October 1932, many farmers planned to harvest the wheat, yet withhold delivery. They said, you're not subsidizing us. We grew this for you. So we're just going to keep it. Meanwhile, nature is happening in the form of bird migration, specifically emus. Emus are large flightless birds native to Australia. They live more inland, and often after mating season, they migrate towards coastal regions, seeking more open spaces and water. The wheat fields were just what the emus had been looking for, and it came with all the snacks they desired, the wheat. Uh This wasn't just a few emus, though. It was around Hmm. 20,000 of the large hungry birds. Yeah. It's a lot of birds. It's terrifying. Right. And they Those were kind up, of dude. they got like knives on the end of their feet. They got huge talons. Yeah. And they're fast and they run real fast. Oh, yeah. They're agile. Uh and they were messing up the crops cuz they're in there just hanging out. It's it's snackville for them, you know. So the Minister of Defense made a decision to enlist the help of military veterans to help in controlling the emu attack. Since these farmers were former military, they were familiar with military weapons and requested the use of machine guns. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the pigs down in Texas. Right. The Minister <laughs> of Defense agreed and said, sure, this is a good idea. But stipulated that the guns could only be used by military personnel. The government would transport the personnel and the farmers would provide food and shelter. Farmers were also responsible for paying for the ammunition. At the beginning of November 1932, a group of military men and 10,000 rounds of ammunition were sent to the area. For six okay, days... You said 20,000 emus and only 10,000 rounds. That's fucking dumb. No one's counting. (laughs) Uh, For six days, the anti-emu army hunted the birds, looking for large groups of them and moving their locations accordingly. The troops attempted ambushing the birds, hunting them down with a gunner stationed on a vehicle chasing the flock, 
and then flat out chasing them on foot. However, okay. emus can run around 30 miles an hour, while a man can run around eight miles an hour. Not a fair race. Yeah, full of cover and like gear and a giant machine gun yeah. and stuff. Yeah, an yeah. emu's dust in your ass. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And emus, they're agile. They can dart in and out of stuff. They're fast. They're evasive. You know, I mean, they were far out, you know, capable. They were having none of this attack and proved to be more difficult an adversary than anyone had anticipated. The emu death count has been disputed as being somewhere between 50 and 500 during those first six days. I don't know how you can't add dead birds but they couldn't and my guess is that they were embarrassed so they were padding the numbers but somewhere between 50 and 500 when the mission proved to be less as successful and started generating bad press the decision was made to pull the efforts due to increasing heat drier weather and the failure of the military the efforts um the farmers still needed help and they asked for some more intervention. So a couple weeks later, they contacted the premier of Western Australia who agreed to return the military troops to the area. I think it probably would have been cheaper for them to ship down Texans and Floridians and have them deal with it. Cause it, that's a big thing down in both of those States is just hunting invasive animals. And they yeah. just, they yeah. get out like in technicals, like, little pickups with people with guns in the back it looked kind of fun honestly but yeah hmm. uh other government figures uh questioned the necessity of this war on the emus but the minister of defense argued that the farmers still needed support against the terrible terrible emus apparently the troops learned something from the first attempt because in the second phase they had a little bit more success it did last longer uh, than six days. So maybe that's why it was more successful. Or maybe the armed men learned some emu hunting techniques. I, I don't know. But either way, it was reported that about 2,500 birds died from the gunshot injuries and that about a thousand emus were killed outright during the second emu battle. Of course, once word got around that this military operation was happening against birds, uh, it was greatly criticized, especially from other countries. Animal rights activists were complaining about such an aggressive firepower against unarmed birds. Conservationists were concerned about the potential destruction of the species. Over the years, the Western Australian farmers asked for armed assistance multiple times, but were denied each time. Instead of machine guns, many farmers have chosen to use fencing instead, which have proven fairly effective at not only keeping out the emus, but also keeping out other unwanted animals. And that is the Great Emu War from 1932. It's awesome. And hmm. I think that wraps perfectly into my chaser. Well, I Does just it? thought Ooh, of the chaser after hearing your story. Okay. So there is... An organization called VETPAW, V-E-T-P-A-W, and it's a group of veterans who go down to um, primarily Africa and stuff where a lot of poaching has taken place. 
and they That's like right. I do heard about their this. their missions like normal military would, but it's just all mm-hmm. veterans doing it against poachers who are killing like poachers. rhinos and extinct yeah. animals and stuff. So it's not like they're wow. eradicating a bunch of emus, but they're doing the opposite. They're trying to protect animals right. with they're machine protecting. guns and cool guns and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. That's such a cool thing to do, you know? Because it gives them like that purpose in the same environment yeah. kind of as they had in the military, but instead they're doing it for a cause that people think is good and not looking for right. weapons of mass destruction that don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good chaser. So my chaser is a recipe, a food recipe, because, you know, for those people who know us personally, they know that not only do we like to drink, but we also like to eat. And uh, this is the we've been getting into the um, smoked onion ring bacon burgers lately. Mm -hmm. So. It's not a specific recipe. It's more of a treatment of food. So you take like a large onion and slice like one inch rings and separate the rings out and then take the larger ring, pack ground beef, seasoned ground beef, season it however you want. Then you fit another onion rings smaller in the middle of that. So it kind of ends up being like a burger donut. And then you wrap the whole thing in bacon and smoke it. And then it's basted with barbecue sauce on top. It's so freaking good because the onion gets nice and soft. And I mean, I don't know, you could put bacon on a tennis shoe and I'd probably eat it because I love bacon. So if I had to give up one meat in this world, it would not be bacon. You need to put it on a burger bun. Because when you made it for me, you just had them on on the plate like meatloaf. I didn't think about it. We always, that's how we've been eating it. it, And I didn't even think about it. I know. I know. I didn't think about it. It would be delicious on a burger with like all the, you know, stuff that you want to put on a burger. I didn't even think about it because I didn't see it. Yeah. Made that way in the video that I saw, and I was like, "Oh yeah, duh, huh?" I didn't even think about that. So sorry. <laughs> That's not, it. Tastes good though. I just think it, it would good. be great on a couple buns with some extra accoutrement. Yes, yeah, some I accessories agree. on that bun. Yep. All right. Well, I well, think that wraps it up. Wraps our short episode up. Yeah. Yes, it does. Enjoyed hearing about that emo war. I think that's really funny. I know. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, well thanks nice for listening, with you, everybody. Bud. Yes, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Love you, mom. Love you. Bye. Bye. Hey, friends! Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place. You can find all our contact information in the show notes. 
We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.